Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On KMOX. Well, happy Monday, St. Louis. It is Hancock and Kelly. And for our now, what will be regular Monday evening gig when the Cardinals aren't in town. We typically try not to do politics, but uh, some crazy stuff is going on in the world. Welcome, John Hancock. Hey, good evening, and it's good to be back with all of you from 8 to 10 on Monday evenings, and uh, it's, a, it's a sad one tonight. Yeah, it was pretty unbelievable waking up Saturday morning. I, I don't know about you. I didn't have much to do Saturday, so I made it till almost 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning before I came to and uh, wound up you know, turning on the television there and uh, then searching the internet and and just absolutely devastating watching what was coming out of Israel and that was unfolding live at that time. Yeah, and, it, you know, this was not an isolated terrorism event. This was a very well-coordinated, probably months uh, of planning went into this. <clears throat> so many observations on the front end. Um, one, this changes... The relationship of the United States in the Middle East, I think, um, forevermore. And, you know, I think the money that we've been sending to Palestine uh, for years, both both parties uh, have, have done it. Um, certainly the footsie that we have played with Iran, which is a haven for terrorist training. Um, hopefully our eyes have been open to that. And we don't know at this point whether... This thing is going to escalate beyond Gaza. How could it not? Well, right. Uh, Hezbollah, which operates out of Lebanon, another terrorist group, uh, they have already engaged in this thing. Does it spread to Syria? We don't know. Um, We don't know what Iran's role is going to be, if they are going to take an active role in this. I think it would be a mistake by them. But um, clearly uh, the, the Middle East has changed you know, permanently as a result of this thing. And um, the ensuing days and weeks are going to get uglier and well, uglier, I think. And we need to look no further than the fact that how serious uh, Israel's taken it. First, they called up 100,000 of their, uh, um, what do they call them? Reserves. Reserves. And now they're up to 300,000. Netanyahu apparently communicating to President Biden today uh, that uh, major things are coming. Uh, the administration has committed uh, its support behind Israel. They moved the, what, the, the Gerald Ford, the world's largest aircraft carrier, yep. right off the uh, coast of, of um, Hamas, uh, or where, not Hamas, uh, the Gaza Strip and Israel. Um, and then did you see the, uh, the press release that came out from Great Britain, the president of the United States, Great Britain, yes. and Germany? Yes. A joint statement like we've not seen since probably September 11th saying this is we are all 100 percent behind Israel. Uh, well, and no and one else best make a move here. They yeah. will be answering to all of us. The, the scale of death and devastation in Israel uh, just in, in terms of, you know, the size of their population, it's an order of magnitude worse there than even 9-11 was in this country. 3,000 yeah. lives lost there, or 900 and certainly more um, in Israel. And there's probably not many families in Israel that don't know somebody that was a victim of this thing. I mean, it was... Um, and and just the inhumanity of the attack, women and children slaughtered, <laughs> taken hostage, 100 hostages, many of them Americans, 
we know that eight American citizens have already lost their lives as a result of this. So this is uh, this is a an international yeah. event of massive proportion. Not to mention that music festival that so right. much of the videos came out of. These kids all there for some type of a outdoor music festival. They likened it to an Israeli version of the Burning Man. Yeah. Which I have to imagine meant peace and love, not people who were looking right. for conflict. And then uh, some of the uh, – that was when I kind of took to uh, waking up and seeing the videos of those uh, – well, they were parachutes with like yeah. a fan behind right. them. Yeah. These guys were flying in and just mowing these folks down. 260 man. bodies found yeah. on the, on so the side sick. of that event alone. So uh, not to mention the, the kibbutzes that were stormed and the homes that were breached. Uh, grandparents, parents, children – Slaughtered, taken hostage, taken back to the Gaza Strip. Um, you know, heaven help them because yeah. uh, that but the, that whole area is about to get. And the attack continues right now. One of the problems that Israel's facing is the Iron Dome, that that is really just a remarkable piece. It is of defense technology. It it shoots down almost ninety something percent of the missiles that are lobbed at Israel. Uh, they've gone through almost their entire supply just here in the last couple of days shooting these missiles down, and they're continuing to take in more yeah. of these missiles. And uh, Well, and they couldn't handle the volume originally, right. initially, just the sheer volume of the of the bombs coming over. And, uh, I mean, we've never seen the likes of this before. And, it's, it, and look, Hamas did not have the capability or the resources – to finance what happened on Saturday. They just didn't. Right. And um, the the scale of it, the magnitude of it, the coordination of it, uh, there was there was training and planning and a whole lot went into the but, execution of that. And doesn't it feel eerily similar to September 11th and that, I mean, the Israelis are no slouches when it comes to uh, intel and uh, uh, just like the Americans, but we... Our close allies, we all monitor stuff together. But just like September 11th where the Americans were caught off guard having no clue that this yeah. this type of a strategy would be executed, it, it, it appears as though Israel finds itself in the same place. And Which is would, remarkable. who would think about this? Well, I mean, who would think about guys getting in parachutes and coming over I would on, think in with Israel, fans on their backs? Yeah, I would think in Israel, though. They would they would game plan for events like this every single day because their very existence they're surrounded by enemies. I mean that's a nation, a small nation, surrounded by its enemies. Nine eleven was carried out by a dozen people. I mean ultimately, right? Uh, that that took over the planes and killed the crew and crashed the planes. Now there was a lot of coordination clearly that went into that uh, back in the Middle East, uh, Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. mostly, ironically, and. Um, this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people right. breaching through borders, flying over top of fences, uh, bringing uh, big big earth movers to knock yeah. down fences. Yeah, I mean this this was not a spontaneous eruption. This was a well planned military attack. Yeah, uh, and you know it's going to be it's going to get very ugly over there. Well, it is going to get ugly over there, and we're going to talk a, a little bit about the response that's come here from in our own country in the next segment, uh, both from the White House. Some people don't think it's been strong enough. Uh, others uh, kind of taking that same isolationist bend that seems to uh, be everywhere in our country right now, that this is none of our business and we ought to stay out of it. That thought process. And then you have our own Congressman Cory Bush, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to say our own. 
uh, but who's out there, uh, you know, virtually supporting the Palestinian uh, uh, terrorists uh, and what they're up to from Hamas. Well, calling for a ceasefire yeah. after that. Uh, Can you that- imagine if, if Britain would have told us after September 11th, right. hey, guys, just chill out. Yeah. No, no worries, yeah. huh? Uh, I mean, it's, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and But you've got elements in both political parties right now that are count, countenancing uh, dictators and thugs and terrorists. And that's if, if America retreats from that, uh, the world is going to be a fundamentally different and unsafer place. Well, it's late night with Hancock and Kelly. We're going to take you all the way till 10 o'clock. We promise it won't all be politics, but we're going to continue to hop in to this subject as it relates to Israel. So many moosing parts that are affected by what's happening here in the United States. Uh, Not to forget that we have this war going on in Ukraine. We'll continue to dive into that. We're going to talk a little football at the end of this hour, so you're going to want to stick around. It'll be fun as we go on. It's Hancock and Kelly late night on KMOX. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly on KMOX Radio. We continue to talk about the tragedy that's uh, taking place over in Israel. Uh, as we all sit by and wait for the response from Israel, um, I believe they've started. First, they've been pushing out uh, these terrorists out of the occupied area that was taken on Saturday morning. Uh, my understanding is they have declared that they have completely cleared the they country think they of those have. folks. Yeah. Now they're continuing to go house to house to make sure that some of these folks are, are not left behind. Uh, families now still finding... Uh, family members who are missing uh, sounds awfully familiar to what we dealt yeah. with with 9-11. People posting on Facebook and Twitter uh, biographies of their loved ones. Um, not sure if they'd been killed in these horrible shootings and, and just unbelievable barbaric uh, actions of walking into people's houses and mowing them down or whether or not they'd been kidnapped and taken to uh, Gaza Um the Americans have sent uh, the aircraft carrier, uh, Gerald Ford, the world's largest aircraft carrier, just off the coast. Uh, we've had responses that have come from the White House. I've noticed John Hancock in my own Twitter feed, what seems like a pretty organized uh, statements coming from all the former presidents at once. I saw George W. Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, and uh, Barack Obama all saying we are 100% behind Uh, Israel and will be standing by them. Of course, that's what the White House and both sides of of the aisle here in uh, the United States are saying, with the exception of a couple, and that would be the squad. And embarrassingly, our own congresswoman here, Cori Bush from St. Louis, is one of those members who's uh, uh, calling on Israel to participate in an immediate ceasefire, (laughs) to not respond to what's happened to them. She's been a Palestinian sympathizer with Ilian Omar and uh, AOC and many of the Rashida other members Tlaib. of the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, oh boy, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, it's make, I can't tell you how flabbergasted I, I am. I see some parallels here uh, because there's an increasing um, voice on the right that would have us step away from supporting Ukraine. Uh, they've been Two of inv- our own senators kind of bending they've, that way. They've been invaded by a foreign country, Russia, um, unprovoked, and uh, they are in the process of defending freedom and democracy in their country right now. And very similarly, you know, if if Russia put down their arms today, 
there would be peace in Ukraine. If Ukraine put down their arms today, there would be no Ukraine. And similarly here, if Israel put down their arms today, there would be no Israel. And if Hamas put theirs down, there would be peace. And that tells you everything you need to know right now about what's happening in both of those theaters. And make no mistake, there is an axis in this world, and it's Iran, it's Russia, it's North Korea, and it's China. Well, there's a question where China's going to be, but it sure feels like they're going that way, right? Well, China called for a ceasefire. Yeah. Uh, So... You know, China condemned the attack and then called for a ceasefire. Yeah, but John, and I don't want to get us on our, off track on this China thing, but we all sit here and talk big about China when it comes until it comes to buying our products. That's it. Uh, and you know, I mean, if we're going to get serious about China being aligned here, then I'm I'm for it. But we've got to start to put some restrictions on our companies dealing with stuff. That's all separate conversation, but right and we, decoupling from China. If they get into that access, whew, that's scary. It is, and and there are many voices that would have the United States not engage in these international conflicts. Why? Because they want well Germany to decide what we're going to do. Well, they want to protect the homeland, the the U.S. border. It's not a new philosophy. It's been part of the American conversation since our birth as a nation. But, you know, I believe that the world is a fundamentally more stable, safer, better place with United States exceptionalism taking a leadership role and beating back these authoritarian thugs and these dictators and the invaders. Uh, we did it when uh, when Iraq invaded Kuwait. Uh, we've st- and now we're supporting the Ukrainian resistance to the Russian invasion uh, heavily. I mean, we're putting a lot of money, $79 billion so far over there. And, you know, some folks think that's not worth it, that we ought to be spending that money here. And I'm just telling you that if we retreat from our leadership position in the world, that vacuum will not be left void. And others and worse actors are going to step into that vacuum you're seeing right. Russia right now in Syria. They've been there for years now, uh, supporting Assad and and the and the the widespread bloodshed that he's brought to his own people in that country. And uh, there are there are evil actors in the world. Iran is one of them. Russia is one of them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, there's been many parallels people have made to post World War One. This isolationist bend that came out of the United States. That may have helped uh, create the ultimately World War II when we finally got involved in World War II when we were uh, attacked. attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that how anyone can see the situation and think that it would be best to to retreat at a time where there's this global refugee crisis going on. We like to talk about the border, and yes, there's a legal border of things going on. A lot of the people that we're seeing that are coming to the border are is just a repositioning of humans in the world. They are fleeing South America, and the sin. This is not unique to us. It's happening over in Europe, as well. Um, and if you just isolate, you've got to be impactful in these decisions. Otherwise, you're left to the will of others. And I just, I'm terrified to think that anybody else would be making the decisions that are going to affect this world outside of the United. Yeah, States. the United States is not perfect. Right. Uh, but we are a very positive force in the world, and whether it's a nat- natural disaster or a war. Uh, we are on the right side. We're on the right side in Ukraine. We're on the right side in Israel. Uh, you know, you mentioned the border, and 
who's to say, as porous as this border exactly. is, who's to say that there aren't terrorist cells that have Native come here? Border, sure. Yes, uh, which is another reason. I mean, we talk about the fentanyl and the and the mass of humanity and so forth, but you know, our enemies know that border is porous as well, right? Uh, it's and so it's th- happening in Europe as well. Oh, Europe doesn't even try. But it's it's one. I don't know. The alternative is to what? Build a wall and stay in isolated by ourselves. No, that's not going to stop these people from relocating. It's not going to stop these Hamas terrorists for having ill will against our allies. Who knows? Someday they may want to lob missiles at us. Yeah, it's not going to stop Vladimir Putin from continuing to move. We as Americans have to take the leadership role. We absolutely do. Uh, but we do have to secure our border. Of course. And, and, uh, and we need to control who's coming into this country. We need to vet them thoroughly before they get here. Uh, there's going to be some number of Palestinian refugees when this thing is over with. And, um, mm. I, you know, and I don't think it's going to be over with anytime soon. It, it seems to me that Israel's intent here is to level Gaza, and hard to blame them. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is. I mean, it's unfortunate to sit from thousands of miles away and say, "Gosh, wish we didn't go that way." But if we were in the same spot, we would be wanting that. Oh, without a doubt, <laughs> without yeah. a doubt. And, and so, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a very ugly, very bloody um, number of weeks and perhaps months. And and then you know the prospect of this thing escalating, I think, is high. Does Vladimir Putin? benefit from the fact that the world's focus is going elsewhere of course, now? Of course. And, uh, and, and it's not an accident, by the way, that Hamas leaders visited Russia in March of this year. Do, do all of these folks benefit from the discord that's going on inside our own political system? I mean, yes. right now, we don't have a Speaker of the House. Not because the Democrats are trying to... We're fighting with that, each other inside the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a particularly ill-advised time to have this vacancy over what is likely personal grievances. Uh, just not good, not helpful, um, and very destabilizing. But yes, to be certain, Vlad, uh, Vladimir Putin is benefited by what's happening in Israel right now. And, uh, and, and the world, you know, we have short attention spans yeah. over here. What? Squirrel. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, the the... The proclivity to forget about Ukraine is high, and the frustration that uh, you know that things seem to be relatively stalemated there is real. That frustration is real, and I'm just telling you, if we stop funding and if we stop assisting the Ukrainian resistance, Russia will take that country. I don't think Russia stops at Ukraine no, either. I don't stop. Well, that's it. We're going to try to uh, talk a little bit stuff outside of Israel here for the rest of the evening. We may hop back into it. Of you course, never know. You're always welcome to join us here on KMOX at 314-436-7900. We're going to step aside now. We're going to pay some bills. When we come back, it's our NFL insider and our all-around good guy, John Hancock Jr., right here on KMOX with Hancock and Kelly Late Night. Thursday night, it's Chiefs football. Four-man rush. Left side throw for the end zone. Coming back. Come back pattern caught. The Chiefs. The Broncos. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pre-game at 6. Kickoff 7-15. On your home for Chiefs football. KMOX. The National Football League. 
the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The NFL is back and back on the Hancock and Kelly program is our NFL insider joining us from Chicago, Illinois, John Hancock. How are you, John? Gentlemen, gentlemen, doing good. How are we? Good. Good. Your, your insights from the first four weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, it's been a you know good year thus far. A uh, few surprises, a lot of teams doing well uh, that we didn't see coming. Uh, one of which being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a man I've often uh, maligned on this program, uh, yeah. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he may wind up being the story of the year in the NFL if the Tampa Bay Bucks continue on their trajectory well, they've been on. This well, is Michael, their bye is, week, right? That is music. Yeah, yeah, they're coming off a of bye week, and that is music to my ears, you saying that. Look, Baker's proved me wrong. He's gone out there. He's played well. The team is 3-1, and one, and this is the best stretch he's had in a couple of seasons. But look, Baker Mayfield is who Baker Mayfield is, and he's starting to get cocky. He's starting to get that arrogance about him again. And if he keeps it up these next four or five weeks and, you know, they continue to remain a viable playoff team, you know, I may have to eat crow, but for now, you know, he's done well. Let's see if it lasts. I can yeah, tell you. But that's won't. a week. He's in a weak division over there. Very, very weak division. Yeah, the NFC South. You got Derek Carr and the Saints, who have a good defense. They just beat up on the Patriots. The Falcons, 3-2, oh, and two, and then the wait, Panthers, 0-5. Let's go back to the Patriots. Man, uh, I, I think we have now have proof of concept that Bill Belichick was not the reason that the Patriots won all those Super Bowls. It was the fact that they had the greatest player ever, and he was getting talent to come play with him at a discounted rate. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, it is tough for uh, Bill Belichick right now. I mean, Jeff Fisher has a better career winning percentage as a coach. Jeff Fisher, our Jeff Fisher, <laughs> than Bill Belichick does without Tom Brady. Wow. <laughs> Jeff Fisher? So I actually looked this up uh, to make you know, fact check myself, and Jeff Fisher actually has a uh, above 500 winning percentage in the NFL. Bill Belichick without Tom Brady does not. Yeah, well, I mean, he told us for years this is no 7-9 and nine team over here. <laughs> yeah, and, and eventually he was right. Yeah. Hey, how about the Philadelphia Eagles, huh? They're for real. Yeah, no, they look good. The 49ers look good. The um, 49ers, boys. Well, The 49ers are the class of the NFL. Yeah, of course they are. But last night they exposed the uh, Dallas Cowboys yeah. for being frauds. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Cowboys three and two now. It's rough go. Dak three interceptions uh, last night. He said it wasn't going to happen this year. Tied for the league lead in interceptions last year. The NFC it doesn't look too interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people are expecting the Eagles and the 49ers to meet in the right. championship game. Cowboys still the third highest odds to come out of the NFC. The Lions are fourth, and the Saints are fifth. Yeah, the Lions uh, are a pretty interesting football club, and uh, I don't think they can hang with the 49ers. But they're going to – I think they're going to surprise a lot of people, and I think they're going to win that NFC North going away, don't you? Yeah, it certainly seems like that. The Packers playing right now. Jordan Love, better than I expected, but I don't think the Packers are going to challenge. And the Vikings, last year they went 11-0, and 11-1 and in one-score games. This year, every loss has been by one score. Yeah, the Vikings, uh, not too impressive over there. Let's go to the other uh, conference, shall we? I'm a little bit unsure about the Kansas City Chiefs so far. Yeah, I mean, they're 4-1, lost to the Lions, obviously, without Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones in the lineup. And they haven't looked as spectacular as we've been accustomed to seeing them. Uh, but, you know, they're finding a way to win these games, 4-1, uh, 4 in a row since the opening loss. 
when you have the best quarterback in the league and arguably the best coach in the league, you're always going to be always going to be a threat. And that division, you know, we've been waiting for a challenger to rise up. It's not going to happen this year. Chargers, the disappointing two and two. The Raiders are a disaster. And the Denver Broncos might uh, be the biggest embarrassment in the league this well, year. Russell seems like he's become the new Baker Mayfield. Yeah, well, at least he has a ring and had his had his time in the sun. Uh, but Sean Payton, so they just played the New York Jets, uh, Jets. Nathaniel Hackett, the former Broncos coach who was fired last year, Sean Payton was saying that it was the worst coaching job he's ever seen. Nathaniel Hackett, now the coordinator for the Jets, and the Jets beat him yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Every player and coach was on the sidelines congratulating Nate Hackett. Uh, and Sean Payton has a... Uh, you know, he he stepped in it. He, he talked a lot of trash in the offseason, and he went out there and lost to the guy who he said was the worst coach in league history. Yeah, there, I, I don't think there's any fixing. I mean, they, how many more years does Wilson have on that contract? I mean, he yeah, clearly. I, I, yeah, I think two more years ironclad, and, yeah, he, he doesn't have it. No, I, I just it, it's remarkable to me. And, I mean, he was a good quarterback in Seattle. I mean, it wasn't all the people around him. He had good talent. I'm keeping, you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch. And he had yeah, a good, good coach, too. Uh, and a good, good coach in Pete Carroll. But the guy had real talent. He had escapability. He, he, could, th- he could throw the long ball accurately. And it just seems like it's just gone. Uh, how do you explain it? I mean, age hits everyone. Uh, and Russell seems to hit him earlier than normal. Uh, but I don't think anyone saw this steep fall off coming. Uh, but, I mean, he's... Doesn't even look like a top 15 quarterback in the league, let alone a top five that the Broncos had hoped when they traded and gave him that contract. As a bunch of Midwesterners, isn't it fun to see both of the New York teams do terrible? <laughs> it is, but, I mean, you kind of got to feel bad for the Jets. I mean, they finally had hope for the first time since, you know, maybe the 60s, and then Aaron Rodgers goes out on the first play of the season. Now you got <laughs> Zach Wilson in. Um, I mean, it, it's t- tough to – Tough to, you know, take any joy in the Jets. But the Giants, though, I mean, they give Daniel Jones that contract. Yeah. yeah. He goes out there, and they're giving him $40 million a year. Um, and it's it's not, not working out for him. No, it's it's not. And what do you make of the Buffalo Bills? I You know, there's so much hype, and you, you watch them one week. I mean, what they did a week ago was unbelievable. What's up with this team? Yeah, so I think it's been the case that they've had for the past few years is when they're firing on all cylinders, they look like the best team in the league, but they can't be consistent for that amount of time. And it kind of starts and ends with Josh Allen when he is, um, when he has his a game. I mean, he looks, you can make an argument for him versus Mahomes, but when he he's not at that level consistently enough and he'll have a couple of terrible performances mixed in there. So you're up there in the windy city. How is the windy city, Oof. by the way, windy city, uh, you know, windy city is good. You know, it's, we're starting is, to get chilly here. Yeah. Um, eight, eight people shot six blocks from me on Saturday night. Uh, you know, be I careful mean, out there. John. Is everybody still on suicide watch over the bears? No kidding. Well, no, they, they they got a little bit of hope now. Um, <laughs> a little bit of hope. They got one win. They're back to thinking that Justin Fields is the guy. You know, six weeks ago, they were all saying Chicago is going to win the NFC North, and they uh, gave up on that one real quick. But after one win, you're starting to get a little bit of optimism here. But a lot of people, the optimism is that they want to trade Justin Fields now, get the number one pick, and probably the number two pick that they have from the Carolina right, Panthers. Right, yeah. So they can get Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC. Uh, so the, the the Justin Fields controversy up there, you've got the, the Justin Fields supporters that basically say it's a coaching issue. Justin Fields has more or less said the same. Uh, the coaches are saying that the guy's not a, adapting to the NFL. Uh, which like is a it? Wilson Contreras issue. Which is it? Yeah, well, I will say a tough look for Justin Fields is that C.J. Stroud, who uh, replaced him at Ohio State, just came into the league, and the Houston Texans, who 
You know, the Bears certainly have more weapons at the receiver position than the Texans, and C.J. Stroud has been more than capable. A bit of a surprise leading the Texans to a stronger start. A lot of people expected they'd be in the cellar. They're 2-3. and three. It's not great, but he's looked sharp there and actually just broke the record for um, most uh, passing attempts without an interception for any quarterback to start his career. So I, I think it's, you know, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. It's the coaching, and I don't think Justin Fields is the long-term answer, but unfortunately, because of the coaching, he may never get the a fair chance to prove himself. C.J. Stroud, by the way, uh, leading that game-winning drive yesterday, cool as a cucumber. I think this guy is probably the class quarterback of that draft from last year. I mean, it's hard to argue with it. Well, it certainly looks looks like it, and I, I hate to do this to you, senior, but it was actually Desmond Ritter of the Falcons who led that game-winning drive against C.J. Stroud and the Texans. But oh. C.J. did march That's him down there the late insider. in the fourth. That's right. That's why he's the insider. Well, maybe, hey. perhaps I tuned out a bit right, prematurely. Let me, let's, let's go. How about the fish and Tua, huh? This yeah, guy's for how, real. How about Tua? Yeah. yeah, I mean, they put 70 points, actually, for the first time since the 60s on the Broncos a couple weeks ago. They had a rough game against the Bills two weeks ago, but, I mean, Tua looks like the real deal. He gets the ball out quick. That's a good thing for him because, obviously, he struggled with the concussions last year. He gets the ball out quick. He's got Tyreek Hill, the fastest receiver in the league, Jalen Waddell, and they got a couple of great running backs. That's a fun offense. I don't think that team can go all the way, but they're a fun team to watch every time they step on the field. Do they play the Chiefs in the regular season, I wonder? Because I, I, that I think that's going to be the contest to get to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to go through the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of football to be played. Are you uh, following the college game at all? I am, I am. Did you guys see that Miami, uh, the U, that terrible loss they had against Georgia Tech? That might have been the worst loss well, I've ever seen. Well, if you're an NFL coach, you get fired. Over right? that. I guess you can't fire a college coach well, over that. But I mean, yeah, no, there's so no this, excuse for that. Well, the, no, the no listeners may not be the listeners may not be aware of what happened. Oh, okay. So uh, why don't you walk them through uh, that splendid coaching job yesterday? Yeah, so Miami, the Hurricanes were playing Georgia Tech. They had the football. They were up three points. They could have just kneaded it out eating up the clock, taking the win. Their coach, Mario Cristobal, and apparently he's against taking the knee in any situation, refused to take the knee, handed it off. The guy fumbled. Georgia Tech has 20-something seconds left. Find the end zone, win the game, walk off, and it's snatch and defeat from the jaws of victory. It was inexcusable, and now he admits, Mario Cristobal, that he should have taken the knee. So, you know, maybe he learned something. Well, maybe he did, but, I mean, right after the game, the guy was making excuses, saying you got to handle the ball, you got to, you know. He didn't need to handle the ball. No. You go, go down you to win. your knee. That's yes. what you do. You win. I mean, and, and were they undefeated going into that game? They were. They were. Yeah, yeah. they were ranked. They're still ranked number 20, 25th. Uh, and but, Georgia you know. Tech is no juggernaut. No, they're not. They're not. They're better than people give them credit for. But yeah, my, I mean, Miami, I think they were 20 point favorites in that game. They were lucky to get out of there with the win at all. And then. So you and I were parked in front of our respective televisions on Saturday morning after I got home from the pumpkin patch with young Tula. And uh, watching that first half, Mizzou running up and down the field against the LSU Tigers. And you're thinking, man, this team's for real. This is amazing what they're doing. I put it, the, the passing was is just phenomenal. And. Uh, and then everything just fell apart. What do you make of this Mizzou Tiger Ball Club? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, that was a game that, you know, we should have won. Um, you know, Drink's done a good job. No one saw this 5-0 start coming. Um, the Kansas State win doesn't necessarily look as impressive now. They're coming off a loss to Oklahoma State. But, yeah, this team, we got a big game coming up. We got Kentucky. That's a 
that'll be a test. They just got stomped by Georgia. Looking at the schedule, Georgia may be the only game where you look at and that's an automatic loss or you assume the loss. Lots still to prove for this team. I, I'm not going to throw the towel in yet. I mean, even if we go eight and four, that's a it's a solid season. But I think the door's still open. Yeah, I mean, you still got ten and two. You've, but you, you, that, that was a you've still got Tennessee. Loss. You've got South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, and Georgia. I mean, those are four. And, and Arizona's or Arkansas is not going to be a walk in the park either. Yeah, yeah, we have seen the better of Arkansas since we joined the SEC. Um, the offense is definitely the real deal. Defense leaving a lot to be desired. Uh, I mean, the LSU quarterback, he, he was out there with with possibly a broken rib, it looked like, for the you know last quarter and a half, and he was still doing whatever he wanted out there. The defense needs to step up, uh, but Brady Cook and Luther Burden is a phenomenal connection, the best one I think we've probably had since Chase Daniel and Jeremy Macklin. Oh, no question. And that Daniels, L- LSU quarterback, he, man, uh, how impressive. We're not going to see another quarterback like that. For the rest of this season, before we let you go, John Hancock, well, our I, NFL. Go, go we're ahead. Going to keep him because I got, I got the most important question in the world to ask him. All right. Well, I've got my last question, okay. and then I'll turn him all over right, to right. to you, Michael. That'd be good. Uh, so, Lou Saban, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They've been Nick Saban. Nick Saban, whatever yeah, his name Lou is. Lou Saban. Lou Saban was the voice of whatever okay. he was. Uh, Nick Saban, the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's got them there, what, 4-1. and one. They haven't looked overly impressive in any game this season. They're really not playing anybody that substantial the rest of the way. He might, he might figure out a way to win another national championship. Yeah, I don't know about a national championship, but I definitely think he can win the West and the SEC uh, and probably make the playoffs if everything goes right. A lot of people are writing them off, but, I mean, like you said, they're finding a way to win, and, you know, they – Survived against Texas A&M this past weekend. They were only two-and-a-half-point favorites, found a way to win, uh, beat a strong Ole Miss team. Um, and they, they might make it. I just don't see them getting, getting to the national championship. I think Georgia and Michigan are cut above the rest of the teams right now. All right, off to the biggest story in sports, Taylor Swift. What do you think? Yeah, you know, personally, I'm not a big fan, but, you know, good you're, for her. What do you mean she, you're not a big fan? <laughs> Not, not not a big fan of the Travis Kelsey connection. Oh, gotcha. Oh, okay. Well, you're one of the biggest Taylor Swift fans no, I yeah. know. No, of course. You're not a course. Kelsey fan? Uh, not a big Kelsey fan. Uh, but, you know, happy for her. Glad she's having fun. Um, and, you know, I, I do enjoy Are, how uh, much she's upsetting people, wanting her to get off the TV on Sunday. Isn't it amazing how she really has just taken over the whole country um, and the fascination with her. Now, you and I, we appreciate her music. I like her. You, I think you've been to see her. I haven't had twice. the privilege I've yet to see her. seen her twice. And, yeah, I mean, uh, look, Michael, peop, you guys all thought I was joking when I said this. It's the Beatles, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, and Taylor Swift. And given this media coverage, I'm being proven correct well, yet again. I, I, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he really is right. It is. It's like Michael Jackson level coverage. It's like the, the Pope doesn't get this much coverage. How do you explain this? Because I don't get it. Well, I, I mean, you know, you write music she's... that resonates with the people. You got the it factor and, you know, a little bit of dominoes fall your way and you're off to the races. We're witnessing greatness at play. All right. <laughs> NFL insider. I'm going to tell you my favorite Taylor Swift song. You tell me yours. All right. Let's hear it. Mine's uh, I Forgot You Existed. I mean, that's uh, I mean. That's a fine song. I'm impressed you knew that one. A bit of a deep cut. That's a fine song, certainly. A deep um, cut, right? That w- wouldn't be my choice off the Lover album, but it's it's not a bad song. I would probably go, uh, probably go Enchanted or New Romantics one uh, two right now. Yeah, Enchanted. Do you have any of those bracelets? 
I do, I do, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to send head, you head, one head that says Kelsey on it. Uh, I'm, I'm good on that. You're not going to wear it? What if I sent you one uh, that said Baker? I mean, I mean that's, that might be worse. That might be worse. <laughs> I'm guessing you think she can do better than Travis Kelsey. Is that is that what this is all about? Well, I just, there, there's, single, there's just not a lot. Single. Not a lot going on. Not a lot going on with him. You know, I uh, don't know if he's. You gotta admire the way he went about it, though, Junior. Like, could you have done that? Been like, hey, baby, you lit up my stadium. Why don't you come back and I'll show you how I light it up? That's that's well, pretty I mean, if bold. Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes carried me to a couple of Super Bowls, I'd like to think I I, I would have that. <laughs> you could have invited her up to your office suite there in uh, downtown Chicago, hey, big boy. I, I could have. Yeah. Doesn't Patrick Mahomes sound like a Muppet? Yeah, Kermit. Kermit. Yeah, he sounds like a Muppet. <laughs> Whenever he's being interviewed, I'm like, man, this this voice doesn't even sound real. Yeah, but he's got it going, man. Well, I mean, he's, he's the, the best, best quarterback. Football. That's exactly Although, right. I don't know, man, Tua's making a case. Tua's making a case this year. I mean, obviously, uh, Mahomes is the best, but... Keep your eyes on Tua. A lot of cases to be made. We want to thank our NFL insider for joining us, as he does on Monday evenings right here on the Hancock and Kelly Late Night Show. John, have yourself a good rest of the week. There's your song, Michael. All right. The Take best. care, guys. Appreciate <laughs> See it. See ya. It isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. Yeah, I don't get it. We're number one, John Hancock. Wait a minute. This is Super Tramp here, buddy. Yeah. You got Matt Pajeski. Matt Pajeski on the board is uh, he's the non peril of uh, producers here at KMOX. There's no peril for him. That's, what, I, that's what I'm no saying. No parallel. Yes. No parallel. Non peril. N O N P A R E I L. Okay. That, that's a new word for you, Michael. Yeah, I'm going to put that into my thesaurus and, mm-hmm. and utilize that as mm-hmm. I go forward. means none to equal. None to equal. That's what it means, non peril. Did you know that, PJ? I did not. Uh-huh. But Matthew Pajeski. Trying, trying to increase the education quote, quotient around you here. You gave him that name, PJ. Huh? I did. Has it taken with anybody outside no. of the Hancock no, and no, Kelly no, no, show? No. Just you guys. Yeah. So what does everybody else call you? Pajeski? Matt. Matt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what, that's what, Matt, what, what part of town are you living in these days? I live in uh, Tower Grove South. You love it down there? I love it. Right next everybody's to the young down there, isn't it? Yeah. The, the Grove, super nice. What's your favorite area to go eat down there? Any any restaurant on the that on the Grove there on Manchester? I love the Gramophone, good sandwich place. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of uh-huh. lot of great bars there. Kind of hungry right now. Yeah. Well, sweetheart, if you're listening, I'm kind of hungry right now. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, why are you calling me sweetheart? No, my wife. Oh, because okay. she she doesn't tune in for us, but she might have accidentally tuned in to hear Junior. So ah, yeah. She so was just listening. Well, I'm sure I she may have tuned out. Use a little, yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're number one, guys. Uh, St. Louis named the least safe city in America. Yeah. Uh, this Shocking. is based on uh, 182 cities with three dimensions being uh, assessed there. Home and community safety being number one. Mm. Natural disaster risk. Now we have those. Financial safety, number three. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you've got, uh, you know, the community safety falls into uh, the home and community safety. So we're 182nd out of 182nd, uh, 82 cities. And that's a per capita, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, we've got a crime running rampant, and the the good people that we put in office here who have resolved to uh, stop crime by having fewer police officers um, is not working out so well. Now, they will tell you differently. They'll tell you things are getting safer all the time around here. Uh, But 
it, it's just, you just don't. And and here's the other thing, and this yeah. is what's really shocking to me, okay. is the amount of crime that takes place in St. Louis that gets unreported. Well, how do you know about that? Uh, I know things. I talk to people. Yeah, and it's unreported? Yes. Okay. I, listen, I, I believe it. I go walking in the mornings. Uh, I live there in the West End. How's your running coming along, by the way? I, I'm working at it. I'm, yeah. I'm doing uh, an interesting thing. I'm doing these interval bursts. Oh. I haven't run in a long time. I ran a, a marathon, yeah. as we discussed earlier. Yeah. Uh, but now, so what I'll do is in a mile, I'll I'll do an interval burst for about 30 or 40 seconds. So right. I try to run as fast as I can. I'm trying to build my body up to make sure it can handle How all are the knees weight. holding up? Well, that's why I'm doing it the way I'm yeah. doing it. To this point, knock on wood, things are going pretty well. I've been spending a lot of time. But when I'm, but when I'm out there doing these things, you know, I'll sprint from here to the end of the street. You know, I'm going to keep on it, and then I'll walk the rest of the time. I walk four to five miles. The amount of glass that I see on a daily basis mm. where people have just gone down the street and bashed in the windows to get whatever. And you know what, John? Uh, there's just there's no police presence in this town, unfortunately. Well, we don't have the officers. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, there, there are there are times where a, an entire precinct has got two or three officers. I mean, it's it's literally like Mayberry. <laughs> Right. You know, and you got you got Andy and you got Barney and that's it. Yeah. And 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 here we've got this crime infestation in the city and um you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I I get a little nervous driving out of here at oh, 10 well, o'clock at evening, night. Oh, this evening who would when you read that we're the, the most unsafe city yeah. in the country. And here's the other bigger issue that people need to remember. We said we weren't going to do politics, but it is shrinking our entire region, folks. So if you live in the suburbs, you live in St. Charles, Jefferson County, St. Clair County, Saint, yeah, you know, wherever you might live, this is affecting you too. Guaranteed. It is driving business and commerce out of the region, which means less people, which means your kids aren't going to stay here. Your son's up in Chicago. Yeah. Your daughter's still here in town. Most of my nieces and nephews are going to have to go elsewhere for opportunity, and nobody can tell me that it's not being driven by a number of factors, one of them most primarily being crime. There's no question about it. Uh, you sent me a very interesting article a couple of weeks ago uh, about the lack of corporate executives that now exist. We've lost all of these world headquarters. We had some very prominent, very well-paid corporate executives who were invested in the city, cared about the city, and made a real difference in the city. Right. Well, this this radio station used to document their exploits crazily. It was called uh, Civic Progress, yeah. and we demonized it. But Civic Progress did wonderful things. You have a ballpark. You have a football stadium. You have a hockey stadium in downtown because of Civic Progress. That is my buddy Michael Kelly. When we come back after the news break, we're going to be joined by our own Maria Kina. We'll get to know Maria Kina a little bit over the coming weeks here on Monday evenings with Hancock and Kelly. But until then, listen to a couple of messages and get the headlines at the top of the hour right here on Camel X.